What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the podcast, I sat down with a member of the Carrie Scholl team who began in the real estate industry on the lending side, has successfully made the switch to the agent side, now an agent of over four years who is doing dozens of deals a year. Welcome to the show, Charlie Peevely. What's up, Charlie? How are you doing? Dan, I'm well. I'm well. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. We've got a lot to cover. I, I know your story, I think, and how you transitioned from one part of the real estate industry to now being a highly productive real estate agent. That's something we'll talk about as well as what's going on right now in the real estate market and how real estate agents should handle that. Uh, with their clients, right? Uh, before we get into some of that really good stuff, why don't you give folks a little bit about your background and how you got into real estate? Sure, so straight out of college, I started in the, the mortgage industry. I was basically a loan officer assistant for one of the area's like top producers. And so I got my start there, learning about just kind of the ins and outs of the mortgage industry and just fell in love with like, the real estate industry as a whole and figured out that, that my talents would be just better utilized selling real estate. And so here we are. Here we are. It was my first real estate experience. I started with the team coming up on four years ago now. So it's, it's hard to believe it's already been that long. But uh, here we are. So four years in at the Cary Shoal team, you had experience prior to that in the lending world, lending side of things. Yep. Uh, what would you say is the biggest difference between the lending side versus the agent side? Well, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me, Dan, is, is lending was very much, it, it was a lot more transactional than, than selling real estate is, right? When you're selling real estate, you're, you're meeting with someone, you're out in the field with showings with them, you're, you're, you're experiencing firsthand all of those emotions that your buyer is feeling or, or that your seller might be feeling when they're, when they're selling their, their home they've lived in for 50 years, whatever it may be. You experience all those things. And on the lending side, it's, it's not many, much more than you know, a couple of phone calls maybe, and it's, and it's very transactional. It's, hey, what are the numbers? You know, what's the best loan for me? Whatever, whatever that conversation looks like. And then it's kind of on, on to the next one, get them through the pipeline, and it's, it's on to the next one. That's the biggest difference for me. It's just like, transactional versus a little bit more of an emotional investment for sure. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think the real estate, you know, buying a home for most people is part emotion, part financial. I think in most cases people buy it for emotional reasons then justify it financially, right? Uh, and then as the lender, you're primarily going to be on the, the financial uh, side of it. Whereas the agent, you're going to be the one that has to be like part-time therapist a little bit, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and, and it's not, you don't, so there's sometimes you don't have to wear just the realtor hat. You get to wear the therapist hat and the marriage counselor hat and, you know, anything that you can think of, you know, somebody that's been selling real estate long enough has probably worn that hat at some point. So you're, you're definitely right. 
How did the team, the Carrie Schultz team, prepare you for the transition and dealing with clients? You know, Dan, for me, it, it was all about the training. And you'll hear any agent that, that comes and, and starts here talk about the world-class training that we have. That was the biggest thing for me because, yeah, coming from the lending side, there were certain advantages that I may have had over somebody who's never experienced that side of the industry. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I've never shown a home or, or written an offer or whatever that you know, everything that the industry entails, like on our side selling, I'd never done any of that. And so like the training that we received was, was top notch. And so everything that we covered prepared me immensely for that and being set up to succeed from day one, it was never a jump out of the boat, hope you can swim scenario, not one bit. What has your business, uh, you know, in terms of growth and number of deals volume per year what does that look like over the last four years i mean it's grown every year you know the first year i think i you know it was just a handful of deals and it's grown every single year i've made more money every year um that i've been on the team so all right well let's let's talk now specifically what's going on in the market i think a year ago you were probably dealing with buyer emotions around the fact that they you know, there'd be 10 offers on a home and they'd lose out. Now, I think that the, the emotional challenge is still there. It's just shifted. Uh, we have, we, you know, we're, Absolutely. Seeing, we're seeing more inventory. Um, yep. Certainly not a ton of inventory, right? We're not like, we're still probably under three months inventory. So still, still technically seller territory market, but interest rates are higher. People have to pay more. Uh, how have buyers reacted to that and how are you adjusting? Yeah, so it's been very interesting the past really like three, four, five, six months as, as rates have started to creep up. Uh, you know, I, the buyers that are going to buy, they're going to buy regardless. And I, you hear it all the time, whether you say it or somebody else on, the, on, you know, on Instagram says it, you know, they say date the rate, marry the house, right? And that's what I'm telling people too, right? And I, and I think people understand that. And, and the fact that, you know, other buyers are, are feel fearful or, or have enough uncertainty around kind of interest rates going up to back out of the market, that's wonderful. That's awesome for my clients. And I'm coaching my clients to look at that as like, okay, the rates are going to go up. You know, people are going to be either priced out of what they could afford six months ago or a year ago. They're either going to be priced out or they're going to be scared to death and now they're no longer competitors. So that is the land of opportunity for you. And so a year ago when it was, you know, basically you put the house on the market on Wednesday, you have two open houses, you set an offer deadline for Monday at noon, you look through 20 offers, you pick the best one, and then you go on to the next person, right? And so now, if you, and that's on the sell side obviously, but if you're looking at it from the buy side, you, get, you have some people that write three or four or five or more offers, and then there's a point where they're going to get discouraged, then you're going to get discouraged, and then it, oh, then, then, you get, then you get the phone call that's like, okay, now we're going to rent, and then you got to wait another year, right? So that, that's happened to me. That's happened, I'm sure, to other agents on the team, right? So now it's gone from that to, okay, like, interest rates are up. 
you're still qualified to buy the, the same, you're still qualified to buy at the same price point. And now we're going from that situation that I was just alluding to, you're not escalating a hundred grand. Are there instances where that's gonna happen? Absolutely, a house that's priced accordingly, that, you know, if you, if you like it as a buyer, there's a very good chance that somebody else is also gonna like it, right? And so you gotta coach your clients to that, that part of it, right? If it's, if it's great and it works for you and you love it, don't, don't wait 24 hours to write an offer because somebody else is probably gonna love it just as much as you do and they're, and they're not gonna wait and they're gonna get it and you're gonna lose. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you wanna take your real estate business to the next level? If you do, there's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we wanna see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we wanna give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. Right? You know, I, I think another interesting framework is to, to position, you know, the choice like this, especially if you're talking about a first time home buyer that's renting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most people probably would not buy a house or get a loan that's a one-year arm. Would you agree with that? Like most people will not do a one-year arm. That, that I, I, think the, I think the concept of an adjustable rate mortgage just scares people in general. Right, and, well, let's talk about I the term there's a lot let's of focus on this. I, I, think, I think five year, seven year probably makes sense for a lot of people because you're gonna move. Uh, but, but what about a one year? Do you, do you think most people would do a one year arm? that adjust every year? I, I don't know anybody, honestly, that would, that would do that. Right. I don't, I don't have, I don't, I don't know anybody. Is it a good idea? The reason, yeah, the reason I pose this is yeah. because if you are renting, you effectively have a one year adjustable rate mortgage. Yeah. Right. And, and, some, and sometimes, but, but, but you don't have limits on it. You know, right? you don't, most, most arms have limits on the adjustment. So I think that's why I think the five to seven year, you know, all great stuff. Cause you get such a lower rate for five years. And then after that, it could go up, you know, one, two points, there's different caps, but most people aren't going to be in the home that long. Right. But on a, on a rental deal, you're in a one year arm with no cap on how much it can adjust. If you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that is a great point. I think if you frame it like that, I think that's great. I'm going to take that and, and run with it. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, I would start thinking about that framework and, and just getting people to think about it. Not, not because you're trying to be like all salesy and, and trick them. No, yeah, there's something, nothing, right? there's nothing really to, salesy about that. That's just the truth. Yeah, it's the truth. And you need them to, you need to give them some financial education and, and, you know, educate them on how to build wealth. And one way is to make sure that your cost of living is locked in. Absolutely. Uh, what, what kind of, I guess, what, what kind of changes have you seen in, 
you know, how buyers are thinking about crafting offers right now? Are they getting aggressive in, you know, the number they offer, the terms, are sellers, are sellers responding to that? Or do you think we're kind of in this like unknown kind of stalemate right now where, you know, buyers so, want lower sales, sellers aren't ready to give yet. And, and we don't really know who's going to, you know, I, I think yet. there's, I think there's a level of, of uncertainty, but for me personally, I've had deals where, you know, one homes, at least the homes that I've been able to get under contract, they've been sitting on the market a little bit longer. So like it's, it's past like that 12, 14 day mark. And, and now buyers are writing offers at ask or lower with, like the full contingencies, right? The home, like the full home inspection, appraisal, finance. And I've, I've had one recently get under contract that I got 3% closing costs on a VA loan with, with no other offers in play. And so I think the right house and the right scenario, you know, there's always gonna be a scenario where there's competition, but even in the past 90 days, I've seen that just soften up a little bit. It wasn't like it was, you know, in, February or, or March, where it was, it didn't matter what it was. As soon as you make that phone call to the listing agent, it's like, yeah, I got four or six or 12 offers in my hand. I haven't had as many of those conversations lately. So. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely, uh, to, at, at the least some slowing down and, and, you know, we kind of don't know where things will end up. Yeah. Most definitely, um, yeah. So I think I think getting back to what we we're talking about earlier, the emotions of, of buying a home, selling a home, uh, you're just going to have to be ready for that as an agent, I think, and, and do a little bit more hand holding, a little bit more question asking and show some more patience. Absolutely. One, no, 1000 percent agree. 1000. What? Uh, what would you say to you know a, a new agents out there that you know maybe have have never or, or agents with only a few couple of years experience that have never been they they they've never known a market where you know it's not like multiple offers right right on. like how right yeah and and that's and that's a great question I think just one educate yourself, be, be attentive, be aware, and just educate yourself about what's going on in the market. Be aware of, uh, you know, what are interest rates doing? Be aware of and how you coach your clients. Like when they see on the, on the, on the news or whatever, and you're talking about like the feds are raising interest rates, like know as a professional that when the, the feds are raising rates, they're not raising the mortgage interest rates. That's the federal funds rate. Know yeah. as a professional that the mortgage interest rates are derived from the 10-year treasury curve. Pay attention to what that's doing, right? I, I think just some like little things like that, just to be on top of, you know, where things are at, what things are, are doing. Because if you're like if you're uncertain, then your clients are going to be uncertain about the decision they're about to make as well. So I think just being educated and being prepared for any conversation that you might need to have, I think is going to be huge. Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get 100 tips for free from my best-selling real estate book, The Hyper Local, Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent? If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. 
Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. Yeah, you have to kind of learn how to cut through the noise, cut through the, the, the news out there and really focus on what is real and then and then also on your market because what's going on in San Francisco or Los Angeles is going to be different than like small town America right and even Absolutely. in like even, even in DC market we're, we're a little you know we might be a little bit insulated here in the DC right. metro area like it this is not rural Kansas and those two markets are not going to be the same. So I think that's a great point as well. Well, and it's, it's also not a market driven and, and dependent on huge tech startup, you know, valuations, which we've seen come down and, and we've seen tech layoffs, right? Like, right. so every area is going to be different. And within that area, you're going to see, you know, micro areas that react differently. So you, you really have to educate yourself and know what's going on in the specific space of each buyer client because they, they, they will all be different even though they're like in the same area. Definitely. Absolutely. What's, what's been the biggest challenge for you uh, throughout your entire real estate career, you know, going back to even your lending days? Hmm. Okay. Um, my biggest challenge, I think, I think probably my biggest challenge is probably a self-imposed one. And I always, I, for some reason, I've always gotten in my head that the fact that I'm young is like a reason for somebody to, to not work with me. And that's like complete BS, especially now that, you know, now that I've got the experience that I do, that was, that was when I first started. I, I don't have that problem now. I, I know that I'm incredibly confident and incredibly capable and I'm good at what I do, right? But when I first started, that was like a mental block that I kind mm. of had for myself for some reason. Because I think when I started, I think I was, I think when I joined the team, I think I was 23. And I just had this like thought, like why would anybody want to spend a million dollars with a 23 year old? Like why did I, like why did I do that to myself? You know? So I, I think that's, that's one area where I struggled early on. Yeah, I, th I think you have to be careful to put yourself in a box. A lot of us do this. You know, I've done it before, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's something we've all kind of been through. I think this is one of the areas where the team advantage really helps. I mean, you you talked about the training that the, the team, you know, gave you yep. as a new agent. I also think you get opportunities, right? And repetition is the way to overcome some of these self-imposed fears. So. The Absolutely. And, and that's, that the, and that's the biggest thing. And that's the biggest thing, Dan, is like those, like those mental blocks that you set for yourself. Like once you do 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 deals, like all that stuff goes away. And that's like the, one of the biggest advantages of being on a team. It's, it's, you have that, you have the ability to do that. Well, and I think the other thing too is the environment. So you, you get around other people similar age or backgrounds that yep. are succeeding. And when you see that, it kind of lets you know it's possible and it, it motivates you. Right? There's a little bit of competitiveness as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you put yourself, you put yourself in, the, in the room with people who are where you want to be and 
all of those like self-imposed like self-imposed mental blocks or roadblocks, whatever, like that kind of goes out the window. It's just like what you're saying. If somebody else can do it, I can do it too. Like why why is there a reason that somebody else is doing 40 deals? Why can't I? Right. All right, Charlie, this has been a very insightful, fun podcast to do. I always like to wrap up with a hyper fast round if you're ready for some rapid fire Q&A. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? Uh, find a mentor. Find somebody who has been where you want to go and just be a sponge. What's your Learn biggest uh, or what's the biggest mistake you've seen experienced real estate agents making getting complacent do you want me to elaborate on that i can do that no that's that's the okay. perfect answer uh what's something you're doing in your business right now that you were not doing a year ago spending more quality time with just with my clients on the phone, having more meaningful conversations just with clients in general, whether they're clients or their prospects, like being more intentional just in general with my follow-up, with my, just with the conversations that I'm having and I think that's paying off, most definitely. All right, last question. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? 10 years from now, that's a great question. Definitely still in the industry. Uh, I'd love to be doing enough volume to have myself my own little like mini team, uh, you know, three or four other agents under me. So that that's the ultimate like 10 year goal, at least professionally. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Charlie. If people want to connect with you either on social media or just reach out about buying, selling a home in the DC area, how should they do that? Absolutely. I'm on Facebook. I'm on um, my, my last, my first last name, Charlie Peevely. My Instagram is Charlie underscore Peevely. LinkedIn. Um, inquire on our Carrie Shull team website. If you want to book an appointment with me, chat about the market, whatever it may be. But yeah, that's it. Hit me up. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show today. To all of our listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. Please share this episode with other people that you think would benefit from these lessons as well and we will see you next time if you enjoyed this episode be sure and go to hyperfastagent.com to learn about upcoming in-person and online events and don't forget to share this show with someone that you think could benefit from hearing it and make sure you subscribe on youtube or anywhere that you can find podcasts Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfast Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfashions. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed that video, and if you want to see more, click right here. And if you want 100 real estate tips from my best-selling book, click right here to download them instantly. And if you're new to this channel, click below to subscribe.